You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Morning Breath. We're going to be jumping into Mark 8 today. I'm super excited. I'm Pastor David Gammon. Super excited to be here. I am, man, we're, we're, we got, I am, I'm just pumped. I'm pumped today because we got Mark 8 and it is a, an amazing chapter. And if you're new to the program, what we do is we come into the studio Excuse me, no, the night before we read the chapters, we all read this chapter, and then the next morning we come into the studio, we read the chapter again, and we read it on the air, and then we talk about what God breathed to us in these moments, and we just talk about, and, and we kick it around what God's doing in our hearts, and I am super excited. I have one of my favorite people here with me. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. She is so full of life, so full of energy, so passionate. She serves at our VR location. She is in the apprenticeship program. She is, man, such a, a, a important aspect of the mezzanine young adult program and it's like i said she's one of our apprentices so she is like passionately seeking god she's in our year-long program where she's getting trained up as a ministry leader and uh, emily freeze how are you doing today i'm doing so good thank you so much pastor david this is such an honor to be on here and to be speaking and to just dive into the word and i'm just so great to be here and you know what too you bring like such a value to the table that a lot of people don't recognize and that you know when we go through our scriptures we hear from the holy spirit but innately too we also hear it from our perspective. So for me, it's a 41-year-old dad. For you, it's, you know, a college-aged young lady that looks yeah. and has a perspective, but the same Holy Spirit can breathe through both of us. And, Amen. And I'm excited about that. So I'll tell you what, let people know, tell them how to get plugged in and follow along. All right. So we have several different options to get connected. We have our East Coast app, which would probably be the best option for people because I know that people are on their phones a lot. You have a lot of apps. This is a great one to get to get connected. Or if you don't have that, you can go to eccc.us for more info for all of our events, for some of the past sermons and for morning breath episodes. Um, if you don't have either of those, you can get connected with um, our phone number at 321-452-1060. Uh, we can email you, call you, mail you with more information. Um, and if you have any social medias, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Come on. Absolutely. I tell you what, we got something cool going on tonight as well. We got Live and Walk by Faith course um, at ECCCU today, and I believe Pastor Christian is going to be teaching that. So go to our events page. If there's anything going on from the church that you might hear from this podcast or you might hear it from something on Sunday morning or, or you're watching online, then go to our events page. It'll get you to where you need to be. It'll give you all the information for whatever we have going on. I'll also tell you about small groups and different ministries that we have. So it'd be really cool. Check that out. So we've got like 38 verses today. We got... That's yeah, a lot. It is. It is. But it's, it's good. It's so good. It is. So uh, Emily has volunteered to read first. <laughs> and, and so she's going to go and I'm going to take over. And so Emily, I say to you, read, ma'am. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food for them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. He took seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. 
He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus also blessed these and told his disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 40,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got onto the boat with his disciples and crossed over the region of, I'm going to venture this. Go for it. Dalamantha? Sounds good to me. Okay. (laughs) Um, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he show a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When they heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding miraculous signs? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such a sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed over to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them on the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Do you know or understand even yet? Are are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with the loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Do you not understand yet? He had asked them. And then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on the eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men walking like trees. Then he put his hand on the eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the town of uh, Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, saying to them, why do men, who do men say that I am? So they answer, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. Then he strictly warned them that they should, they, they should tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again, he spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. When he had called the people to himself, With his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. Woo, there's a lot there, man. We got miracles being worked. We got healings taking place. We've got teaching going on. I mean, there's so much that happens here. Well, I want to just, um, I'm going to take the ball and run with it first. Emily, you think about what you want to say and what stood out to you. But what I'm going to unpack here is these Pharisees and they're demanding a sign because I believe sometimes we become people that demand signs mm-hmm. or we actually become, we go to the negotiation table of God and that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. We're called for him to prepare a table for us. And as much as we might not like it in times, he'll he'll place our enemies at that table. Yeah. But we're never called to go to the negotiation table. And you hear the these Pharisees are actually saying that they're like, hey, they begin to dispute with God. And, you know, sometimes we can fall in that line, too, of where God, well, you know, how come they got this and I didn't? Or God, where is my breakthrough? Where is my spouse? Where is my house? Where is my car? Where is that? Uh, or God, you know, for, for you to be real, show me a sign. Show me a miracle. Where is my miracle? And uh, there's also been a big like miracle movement through some tribes in Christianity where it's like, you know, that that's what they lead with. Their big thing is, man, miracles at their church. And then they usually spin around and do this. And this always makes me nervous. There's no miracles at your church going on on Sunday mornings. Well, then the spirit of God mustn't be there. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Why don't we take a look at how Jesus handles miracles? Because they're like, hey, show us a sign. Work us a miracle. And he's like pretty much says, well, why does this generation seek a sign? Surely I say to you, no signs will be given in this generation. Yeah. Here's why. Jesus worked miracles when he was giving messages. Oh, come on. He was working a miracle to get your attention because he's about to give you a message. Because the miracle is going to be temporary when the message he wants you to hand down from yourself to generation to generation. Mm. So it isn't he miracles are not meant just to be on show and display just for us, for our own pride, our own to show how holy we are, how spiritual we are. God is doing a work and a movement in that in that in that area, in that tribe, and with those people. And he is using those miracles to get attention. And honestly, if you're crying out for a miracle, tr- trust me, the answer is yes and amen. But you are not the miracle worker. He is. Mm. So you have got to submit to his authority and allow him to work the miracle, not you demand it. Yeah, that's so good. Um, what really stood out to me was when, you know, they were all on the boat with Jesus and they're arguing over this bread because they forgot the rest. And, you know, they only have this one loaf. And Jesus like looks to them and he's just like, have you not seen? Have you not heard? Like, don't you know that I'm the provider that through me, all things are capable. You're you're like, you're arguing over a measly bread when I am the life right here. Like, I remember like the woman at the well and Jesus talking to her and he's just like, you know, if you drink from that well again, you will be thirsty again. But if you drink the living water that I give you, you will always be fulfilled. And here they are like arguing Jesus is like, you know, I am what sustains you. I am what sustains you. Here you are arguing over yourselves when, you know, your attention and focus should be on me and the miracles mm. that we just did. Come on. So that's really good. I love that question. Asks, he doesn't ask, is your heart hard? Mm-hmm. He says in New King James, he goes, is your heart still hardened? Yeah. And it's like, man, where? And I I pray that for you and I pray that for me and everybody listening. Lord, show us where our heart is still hardened. Mm. Because he's saying, hey, listen, I'm speaking. You know, I'm doing. Mm 
are you watching and listening? Yeah. The Holy Spirit and Jesus, God, is still speaking in your life. He is still moving in your life. But have you allowed yourself to put blinders on from being able to see what he's doing? To be able to, are you giving credit? Are you giving financial credit to your wit and your intellect? Are you giving um, credit to whatever might be happening good in your life to something else instead of Jesus? I'll tell you this right now. You can break the ground. You can plant the seed. But there is nothing on earth you can do to make a seed grow. That's so good. Only Jesus can do that. And in your life, that is the same principle in the same way. Where there is health and where there is life, it is because God is blessing that to grow. All right? So I give praise. I give praise even when I don't see it because I know it's coming because I don't want my heart to be hardened. And I'll tell you right now, there is places even in this moment while I'm getting convicted where it's like, man, you're letting your heart grow hard in that area. Mm-hmm. And really what we're trying to say is what the Bible is trying to say is, you know, don't turn from Jesus on these moments, whether it's, you know, whatever you turn to, it could be different for all of us. But, man, let's keep the main thing the main thing. What else stood out to you, Emily? I also really liked the part um, where um, trying to find it here. I also like the part where like Jesus was, you know, not arguing, but basically like handing it to the Pharisees of like, you know, we we make demands. Sometimes we make demands mm-hmm. from God and we don't realize that we are demanding him. And he's just like, well, you know, I I give freely but at my own pace, at my own time, you know, in the right parameters, you know. Sometimes I think about like when I pray and sometimes I am like, well, God, if you love me, you'll, you know, if you Mm. love me, you'll, which is like, is not good at all. You know, God does love me and I shouldn't abuse that. And I just feel like, you know, it's so good to remember that, you know, we shouldn't abuse the grace and the love that God gives us in those moments because, he is working all things for our good, but like in his own time. You Come know? on. And we have to answer that question in our heart of what gets, what Jesus asks here. He would ask myself and, and Emily and all of you guys. He asks us the same question that he does in verse 28, or excuse me, 29. He goes, but who do you say I am? Mm, that's so he's good. He's like, who do you say I am? Because he's like, first he, first he lives with, uh, first he lives with uh, who do men say that I am? Okay. What does your social group say about Jesus? Are they saying he's the king of kings and lord of lords and that he's the one and his every bit of his word is going to guide and lead our lives and that he's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path? Or does your friend group say that, like, you know, he's the man upstairs. Yeah. He's the man. He's he's the big guy upstairs. You know, let's pop open another brewski and do our thing. And God's <laughs> good, but we're, you know, we're we're here, you know, and. You know, and or, or maybe it's like, gee, maybe your group of friends, maybe your men or your women you surrounded yourself with because the disciples were surrounded by people at that point. And he's like, what does what your people say I am? And I love the response because it says they they go through really a, a dynamic um, change of people here. Yeah. They go from John the Baptist to Elijah to nameless, faceless, one of the prophets. Mm-hmm. So it's literally going from like, man... Michael Jordan to LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to just a guy that plays in the NBA. Yeah. Like, and for us here, we have to understand that this, for me, I believe that the Holy Spirit did not put this in by accident with these names. Elijah, all right, excuse me, John the Baptist 
was one of the greatest men to stand for the righteousness of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So they saw that in Jesus. And some people say Elijah. Why? Because of the Old Testament, he was the greatest miracle worker of the Old Testament, even though his disciple, Elijah, he, uh, would, Elisha would work twice as many miracles as he does. But still, Elijah gets the crown. He's mm -hmm. still the champ. Um, and then a person that's a prophet, you know, they realize his holiness. But if you can think all of these positive things, if Jesus isn't the Messiah to you, if he is not the the spotless lamb that would pay for the sins of all mankind, then you are missing him. He cannot just be a a um, a good man. He cannot just be a miracle worker, and he cannot just be a religious person. He has got to be in your heart who he is in reality, and that is the Son of God that paid for your sins, that gave you his righteousness in exchange for your broken and filthy righteousness. That's so true. It even says that he's closer than a brother. Come on. You know, that he is so close to you in your heart that he loves you more than anything else. And, you know, he's he does have like that healing. He does have that anointing, but it's just so much more than that. Like the Messiah title is so much more than just somebody who heals, somebody who speaks, somebody who teaches, you know. Come on. And that's so true. And that's why when he looks at his disciples and he says, who do you say I am? So I ask you this question today, everybody listening. Who do you say he is? Mm. Who do you in your heart? Let's forget your crowd. Who do you say he is? And Peter, Peter, I love Peter. I love Peter because they're like, Peter answered, you are the Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yay, yay, Peter. yay. And it's like, honestly, yay for everybody. That's a real yay. But then what happens is Peter I set the template for the truth to come forward. And that truth is, get this, Jesus would tell them he's going to die. Mm -hmm. He does it three times in the book of Mark, actually. He's going to tell them he's going to be, he's going to be dead and come back. And actually in this, I believe he even says, I'm going to be dead and I'm going to come back in three days. Reject mm -hmm. uh, after three days. He's like, I'm going to rise again. He spoke this word openly. Now, some of us that have been Christians for a little bit and know the Word of God, we know that post-crucifixion, a lot of the guys went back to being fishermen. They yeah. went back to their old lives. Why? Right? Because the wound that they faced sent them to a comfortable place. Yeah. All right? Instead of having to hold tight to faith. And trust me, you might have received a wound or a hurt There's have you go to the comfortable bottle of alcohol or pill or websites or whatever it is that's your comfort area or even just complacency. But we've got to hold tight to faith because we have the word of God that that's says so that Jesus is risen. And in that too, Peter in the moment now goes from on top of the mountain to the bottom of the valley. I resonate with Peter because I have a very big mouth and I use it a lot to my <laughs> opinion a lot. He then decides because he got the applaud and the attaboy from Jesus. Now all of a sudden he equal to Jesus. Yeah. He's calling Jesus out. No, no, no. I ain't going to let you do that, God. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you do that, Jesus. I'm not going to let you go get crucified. Mm -hmm. And Jesus' response is he rebukes him. He rebukes him because guess what? He found the same camp as the Pharisees. The Pharisees wanted a miracle. Why? Because they wanted to invoke the will of God and the ways of God on their time. Mm -hmm. Peter, although a good heart and following Jesus, can fall into the same trap, wanting God to do it his way. 
his means, yeah. his timing. And be, and he's like, faith don't work like that. Obedience don't work like that, mm-hmm. you know? And he gets rebuked. So, um, Emily, what else stood out to you? I do also really like that part where, you know, because Peter has such a significant role in, in um, the disciples in Jesus' mm-hmm. walk. I mean, he was the only disciple to walk on the water. Come on. You know what I mean? So he has such a, like, a heart for Christ and for obedience. I mean, like you said, he was the one that first said, you are the Christ and I know that. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful. But then to to think about, oh, well, now because like I'm I'm Jesus's man, I'm the boy that he gets to be like, hey, Christ, uh, I don't think that it's a good idea to tell all the other guys that like you're going to die. Maybe like we need to guard their hearts a bit more. And Christ is like, Peter, what just happened? You yeah. Know? Well, he labels them. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if your pastor said, you are Satan? Like, he says, yeah. get behind me, Satan. In my translation, it says, get away from me, Satan. So, like, yeah, exactly. Now, is Jesus being mean? No. Jesus is doing what I need to do and what you need to do when encountered with someone trying to innocently or vindictively get us away from the will and the ways of God. Yeah. And that is he goes to the root of the problem, and the root of the problem is always found in the spirit world. He said, I see you, Satan. Mm-hmm. He said, I see you hiding in my best friend. I see you. Nope. I'm not. He didn't even talk to Peter. He was talking to Satan. Yeah. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because in my heart, that's almost like the fourth temptation of Jesus. And he would hide in there that fourth way to try and because he got him, you know, he's like, hey, eat the, you know, the bread and the glory on the, the mountaintop and then top of the the, um, the temple. And But then we see Satan pop back up, hiding in the bushes, hiding in the best friend. Yeah. And Jesus had to look at him and say, no, Satan. Sometimes we have to trust God to a level that people that we even trust were able to say, no. Your spouse might have said something to you that was hurtful and mean. You, instead of being vindictive and burning at your spouse, you say, get behind me, Satan. Your boss might have said something to you. A best friend might have said something to you. You might have had a wound come in at you. Instead of allowing that anger to pour onto the person, allow it to pour on the principality and power of darkness yeah. that originated it. That's so good. And watch how, and the last P for alliteration, Pastor Christian Johnson would be so proud of me right now. More P's are coming out. Because <laughs> you need to attack it with prayer. Yeah. Rebuke it in the open and then attack it with prayer. And say, Lord, I lift up Emily. I know she said I was a goofy, bald preacher, but I'm not <laughs> mad at Emily. She's just speaking from her perspective, Lord. Bless her soul. <laughs> Bless your heart. That's never good, people, when you hear that. But prayer, prayer. Yo, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a moment. We're going to take a break. And then uh, when we come back, Emily is going to close us out with the final thoughts. All right. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right, here we go. The final thought. Emily, you had a, you had something really good. Share it with everybody. Yeah, I did. So I think that what we can really get out of this is, you know, reminding ourselves that it's all on God's time, that we need to not come with our own agendas and demand things out of God, that we just need to have that faith. We need to have that obedience to to rest in Him and rest and know that what He has planned is better than whatever we could come up with, that His timing is such, um, such a blessing because He knows exactly what we need. 
Absolutely. It's like traffic. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just drive at whatever speed you want, whichever way you want, whenever you want. You know, there's some things mm-hmm. in motion that that you got to trust. And that's what it is walking with Jesus. You know, there's this big trust element where we have to know that he sees the entire he sees the entire traffic system and knows where we need to be and knows where we need to go. And it's when we take the, the wheel, not to get, like have that cliche, yeah. you know, Jesus take the wheel. Um, but there really is a lot of truth to that. And you see that here in Mark. You see how Jesus will speak openly to you if you have ears to hear and your eyes are focused on him. He told, he told them about the crucifixion in this chapter, yeah. you know, and it's like nestled inside of miracles. So Jesus is looking to work miracles, but don't miss the message he's trying to give you when he's doing that. It's so good. So, all right, we love you guys. We're going to get out of here. Thank you, Emily. You did amazing. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.